one of the greatest passages in scripture you can ever read. It is so powerful. It says, it gives a list, a laundry list. It's very poetic, very structured grammatically in the way, very, very just powerful the way it's submitted. And then in conclusion, it says, but even when you, my children, are unfaithful, God says, I will still be. Wow, wow, wow. Just one, which I know it's the first service, the nine o'clock service, a little bit more reserved, a little bit more, you know, sophisticated, sophisticated. That's the term we use here, sophisticated. But please, if you can, can you high five your neighbor and tell him God is here? God is here. Oh, I sense an anointing in this auditorium. I... Oh, like we're about to have Pentecost next week and just... <laughs> it's already beginning to rain, man. It's... Hey! Like God never got the memo that he has to wait till next week to show up. You may be seated. You may be seated. We're going to expedite the process today, just like we did a couple of weeks ago. And Bruised But Not Crushed is the name of the series that we began some weeks ago. We're going to continue with this series, Bruised But Not Crushed. Today's title is The Unstoppable Dream. The Unstoppable Dream. We're going to digress here a little bit, create some background, and then move one step further. If you're taking any notes, and always good luck with that. Point number one today in the message, three-point sermon, it's always three points. The dream is always greater than the robe. I will repeat that. The dream is always greater than the robe. In Numbers 12, 6, God declares this. Where there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to my prophets in dreams. Wow. Job 33, 14 to 15. God does speak. One way, another way even in ways that people don't even perceive it. Matter of fact, God speaks in a dream, in a vision of the night when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds. Why am I mentioning dreams? Once upon a time, there was a man named Joseph. Joseph's father gave him a robe confirming his favor. Joseph's God gave him a dream affirming his future. The dream carried him. The robe covered him. I'll repeat that. The dream carried him. The robe covered him. Joseph had brothers. Somebody say brothers. His brothers saw him wear his robe and his brothers heard him share his dream. So what did the brothers do? The brothers stripped him of his robe and placed him in a pit. They stripped him of his robe and they placed him in a pit. But here it is. They took away his robe, but they couldn't touch his dream. They took away his robe, but they couldn't take away his dream. Many of us, if not the majority of us, maybe even possibly all of us can relate with this biblical narrative. Many of us have a Joseph chapter in our lives. If you do, raise your hand. If you do, but you don't want anyone to know it, raise your hand like this. <laughs> there was something you lost, but there was something you kept. There was something that was taken from you, but there was something that you held on to. 
Something was stolen, but something was preserved. Here's what I discovered. When you are grounded in Christ, when Jesus is your everything, everything cannot be lost. I'm going to say that one more time. It's got to be for somebody here right now. When you are grounded in Christ, when Jesus is your everything, everything cannot be lost. I need somebody to say all is not lost. You've been through something recently. You're going through something right now. You went through something years ago. Somebody say all is not lost. All is not lost. You may have been through a season where they stripped you of your robe, but they couldn't touch your dream. Let me repeat what I listed two weeks ago. They took away your happiness, but they couldn't touch your joy. They took away your money, but they couldn't touch your riches. They took away your reputation, but not your character. They took away your past, but they couldn't touch your future. They took away your now, but not your next. How about this? They took away a piece of your mind, but not your peace of mind. They took away your robe, but not your dream. I know it's Sunday, and I know you're in church, and I know it's the beginning of a new week, but I challenge you, I exhort you, I encourage you to look at everything you are facing and declare, my God-given dream lives. The dream that God gave me for my faith lives. The dream that God gave me for my family, my children and my children's children, that dream lives. The, the dream regarding my future lives. As a matter of fact, if you still have the dream, praise like you have it. Worship like you have it. Somebody pray like you have a dream that the devil cannot touch. Somebody, somebody rejoice like you have a dream that the gates of hell will not be able to have access to. If you have a dream, love like you have it. Give like you have it. Act like you have it. The dream must always be greater than the robe. What God has placed inside of you will always be greater than what life places on you. Number two, the dream is worthy of protection. I will explain this. Joseph had a dream. He told his brothers, Genesis chapter 37, verse 5. He said, listen to the dream that God gave me. And then they started mocking him. Here comes the dreamer, verse 19, Genesis chapter 37. Then they said, let's kill him. Let's just kill him. See what comes of his dream. Genesis 37, 20. Dreams are a thing. Acts 2, 17. And if you say, Pastor Sam, but dreams, you know, isn't that kind of, because sometimes I dream stuff that makes no sense. You're right. Because what did you eat that night before? Not every single dream is from God. Absolutely not. The vast majority are not from God. It's just chemical reactions based on what you put into your body and some, some, some conscious manifestation via the conduit when you get into REM sleep of issues you're concerned about. Subconsciously. Even some you may not even be aware of. But it is biblically substantiated that there are still dreamers. Acts 2.17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see vision and your old men will dream. God uses dreams to speak to us. Again, we have to have the maturity to distinguish and differentiate between that a dream that is of God and one that emerges as a result of what we eat or what we're going through. God will use a dream to encourage us. Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus in Matthew chapters one and two. God will use a dream to warn us and prepare us He'll use dreams. Genesis chapter 41, what did he do to Pharaoh? Gave him a dream and warned him. God will even use a dream to tell us who should we preach the gospel to. Yeah. 
Who should we share our testimony? Acts chapter 16, the apostle Paul. A God-produced dream is an asset in a world full of liabilities. Joseph's most valuable possession was not his robe, it was his dream. It was not what his earthly father placed upon him. It was what his heavenly father placed inside of him. Did you get that? Everything Joseph went through was directly related to the dream. The enemy of purpose, the enemy of grace, the enemy of truth, the enemy of love comes after your dream. A God-created and sustained dream, it could be a vision dream. They're synonymous in much of the text. It's nothing less than a screenshot of God's design and destiny for your life. God gives you a dream, a future, a screenshot of where you should go that lines up with his design and his destiny for your life. That dream motivates you. It encourages you. It drives you. It pushes you. Not just on good days, but more importantly, on the days you find yourself in life's proverbial pit. Sometimes all you have is the dream. Sometimes that God Father created, that Son purchased spirit and power dream is all you have. That dream speaks to divine purpose. That dream speaks to a holy plan. We need to dream again. I want to remind you that God has a plan and a purpose for you and your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. Psalm 138 verse 8, the Lord will fulfill his purpose. His mercy endures forever. He will never forsake the work of his hands. Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord plans to prosper you I said plans to prosper you I said plans to prosper you Plan plans to prosper you not to harm you to give you a hope and a future first Corinthians 2 9 God has a plan for you because you love him and that plan comes of a dream that purpose comes of a dream oh man you need to have a big dream for you and your children and your children's children you need to dream and believe with me that you and your children and your children's children will do greater things not just your physical children but your spiritual children will do greater things are are you with me right now we, we need a church that has a dream even in this church I'm gonna double down every time we do this we get pushed back spiritually speaking here we go I'm gonna double I have a dream that California will be saved and everyone in California I have a dream that California will not be known for sin or hedonism or pedophilia or drug abuse or homelessness, but California will be known as the hub of a revival like this world has never seen before and a spiritual awakening where millions will come to Jesus as Lord. If you share that dream, praise like you have that dream. I have a dream that our children will be protected. I'm going to say that one more time. I have a dream that our children will be protected. I'm going to do that one more time. I have a dream that our children will be protected. I have a dream that Christians will rise up and every single time a company or a government or a corporation tries to mess up our children about their identity, about their gender, about their sexuality, I have a dream that a church will say, in the name of Jesus, this stops right here, right now. Come on, Target. All right. Joseph had a dream. And it was, if this is too edgy for you, put on your seatbelt. 
Joseph had a dream. They stripped him and he still had a dream. And let me, it wasn't that Joseph just had a dream. It was that, ooh. It was that he opened up his mouth and shared his dream. I'm a, I'm a, ooh, boy. Watch this. He ended up in a pit. The problem is that he opened up his mouth and shared his dream with people that were not spiritually mature. To bless his dream. I'm going to preach now. You see, the people around you will either bless or curse your dream. They will either help or hinder it. They will either place a lid or provide a ladder. Here it is. Do not share your dream with people that are not ready to help make that dream a reality. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? If the people around you are not ready for your dream, your dream will sound like a nightmare to them. If the people around you are not ready for your dream because they don't love Jesus, they're not filled with the Holy Spirit, your dream will sound like a threat. Oh, share your dream with people that will help make that dream a reality. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Share your dream with people that can invest. Come in agreement. Partake. Serve as shareholders of the dream. Not everyone is worthy of your dream. Can I declare prophetically, Pastor Jeff? But today by faith, in the name of Jesus, let me declare that before this year is over, God will surround you. Not with people that will try to kill your dream. Not with people that will strip you and put you in a pit. I'm preaching at least five people here. God will surround you with people that will make his dream for you and his dream in you a reality. If you come in agreement, say amen. Before this year is over, you will be surrounded not with brothers that strip you, but with brothers and sisters that protect you. With brothers and sisters that pray with you and pray for you. With brothers and sisters that bless and do not curse. With brothers and sisters that help and do not hurt. That worship and do not wound. You need the right people in your life for your God-ordained dream to come to life. If you believe this is a year God's going to surround you with people that will help make that dream a reality, now give them a 9 o'clock in the morning worship praise. Somebody praise them like the dream is about to become a reality. The devil hates your guts because there's a vision. You have a vision for you and your children and your generation. And you're not a narcissist. You have a vision for your community and for your state. You have a vision for America that transcends you. The enemy's trying to kill that by stripping you and making you focus on the robe. Oh, if the enemy could just make you focus on the robe you lost instead of the dream you still have. Ah, ha, ha. Let me, final point. Are there any questions? The final point is the dream is the prelude to the success. Genesis chapter 39, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded, here's the word, in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar, verse three, noticed this and realized the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. I just want to tell my nine o'clock service, 
I'm sorry that you're being discriminated by the media team not popping up the verses. They really enjoy 12 o'clock, and for whatever reason, they discriminate against the 9 o'clock service. We, we will address that lack of equity and equality back there forthwith, and we will address it in Jesus' name. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Verse 21. I'm reading from chapter 39. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with Joseph and caused everything he did to succeed. Succeed. I, I'm going to finish by just giving you this final story. The brothers placed him in a pit. If you remember that part, raise your hand. If you don't, I just shared it with you. Brothers put him in a pit. <laughs> brothers put him in a pit. And they stripped him. He's going to die. Reuben comes along. There's some intervention from brothers that actually love them and said, no, he's not going to die. We need to protect him somehow. So they put him in a pit. Then they, they, these traders come in and they sell him to the traders who go into Egypt and sell him again as a slave to the captain of Pharaoh's army. Now, back then, Egypt was the Mac Daddy Mac empire. Number one empire. So for this guy to be the captain of the military. He oversaw the military for the Pharaoh who was the most powerful king on the planet. And all of a sudden, Joseph ends up in this guy's house. And then, and then the Bible insists on multiple occasions, but the Lord was with Joseph. I'm going to do this again. I'm just going to read the word. Joseph was now a slave, but the Lord was with Joseph was held captive, but the Lord was with. I don't care what season you are in your life. You need to know that even though you're going through something, the Lord is with. I said the Lord is with. It's Hebrews 13, 5. I will never fail you. I will never forsake you or abandon you. Here it is. I'm going to show you what happened. In Egypt, as a slave in Potiphar's house, Joseph did something the Bible describes on multiple occasions, the same identical word. He succeeded. Stop. What? This guy, he comes here and he, wherever he's at, he succeeds. What, what is going on with this guy? Because once God places his favor, you are favored. One God, once God fills you with a dream, that dream has no choice but to come to pass. If it comes from God, it cannot be stopped. You missed that part. I said if it comes from God, it cannot be stopped. I need you to touch your neighbor. Tell him everything that comes from God in your life is unstoppable. Tell your other neighbor, there's not a devil in hell a demon on earth, a person on this planet, there's absolutely nothing, not a person, not a thing that has the power to stop what God has already initiated in your life. Job 42 verse 2, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. Woo. The Lord of heaven's armies himself has planned it 
Therefore, who can stand in its way? Isaiah 14, 27. All right, let me put it in perspective. In the pit, he had his dream. In Potiphar's house, he still had his dream. And what was the dream he had? In the dream, do your biblical due diligence. God favors Joseph, and as a result, his brothers, parents, and those around him would be under his authority, working and serving him, and Joseph would experience success. Stop. The dream was about favor and success. Stop. He arrives in Potiphar's house, doesn't have to open his mouth about his dream. Lesson learned. He lived a life of integrity according to God's moral code. And what happens? Favor and success. Here's the word. You will succeed wherever you are because of who you are. You will succeed wherever you are because of, because of whose you are. Meaning everywhere Joseph went, he succeeded. I'm preaching to three people now. Everywhere life placed Joseph, he succeeded. Everywhere, even when Joseph... When Joseph's enemies attempted to place him in a difficult place, Joseph did what? Is there anyone in this church on a Sunday morning ready to see God's ordained success like you've never seen it before? I'm going to ask one more time. Is, are you ready to live a holy, successful life? Not the way the world defines it, but the way God ascribes it. Somebody pray like you're about to succeed. Lift up your hands if you believe this is that season. If you're tired of failure, if you're tired of mediocrity, if you're ready to see God's success upon your life and through your life, now give him one more praise. Lift up your hands. We're done. Let's do it. Don't forget what the Bible says, I'm giving you the word. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the path of the unrighteous, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In it he meditates day and night. He shall be like the tree planted by the waters of righteousness, who shall bear fruit in his seasons, whose leaves shall not wither, but everything he does shall... The new version says everything he does shall succeed. If you're ready for success, raise your hands. Again, watch this. Not the way the world defines it, but the way God ascribes it. Stand, you are standing. Stand with me. The rest, right there as you stand. I, I got to show you this real quick. Whew. As you stand, this is the last nugget. The Bible says, I'm giving you the word verbatim. Joseph Chapter 39, verses 6 and 7. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. I'm quoting scripture now. I'm not making this up. This is the New Living Translation that I'm reading from. And she said, come sleep with me. She demanded. She wasn't going like, do you want to sleep with me? She said, come sleep. She did not want to cuddle. I want you to eat. Joseph was successful. Joseph was blessed. Joseph was favored. Joseph was in charge. And what took place next? Temptation. 
Oh, before you were like, shut Rebo. Now you're going like, oh, shut Potiphar's wife looked at him lustfully and said, come sleep with me. Beware of Potiphar's wife. Beware of diabolical schemes orchestrated to kill your dream. I want to rewind everyone here, everyone streaming. Potiphar's wife in 2023 knows how to DM. Anybody over 60, that's direct messaging through your social media platforms. Potiphar's wife knows how to text. Potiphar's wife in 2023 knows how to manipulate the algorithm of your searches. Potiphar's wife works for department stores that want to confuse our children about their sexuality. She wants to strip the church from her authority. Here's the good news. Just like with Joseph, Potiphar's wife does not have to win. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience and God is faithful. I'm reading the Bible. He will not allow the temptation to be more than what you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out. Woo! 1 Corinthians 10, 13. <laughs> Get ready to do some cardio, baby. What did Joseph do when the woman said, I want you? when she put on her victorious secret and said, I want you. It's no longer a secret, Victoria. I want you. What, what did Joseph do? Did he Google? Did he post? Did he whine? Did he go, why am I going through this? What did he do? That boy ran. We need some believers that know how to run away from the schemes of hell. Pastor Sam, but the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. You get it right. The way you resist the devil is by running away from the things that are not of God. Why did he run? The Bible is clear. It says it. Wow, powerful. It says he ran. He ran. Thank you for reminding me that he was stripped again. <laughs> Joseph ends up, and I'm going to get into that. He ends up once again. <sighs> but you know why he ran? The Bible says it in Genesis 39. And, and it, he ran because he didn't want to hurt the person who trusted him. Do you know that sin has repercussions? Not just with this, but with this. Sin impacts not just your relationship with God, but it impacts the people around you, especially those who trusted you. So he said, I'm not going to do this because Potiphar trusted me. And then he said, but the biggest reason is because I will not sin against my God. I have to land right now. Can I tell everyone here that he said that before Moses and the law? Oh, you missed that. Oh, oh, you missed it. He didn't have a Bible. 
There is a moral code embedded in our DNA from the moment of inception. Imagine a generation rising up that says, imagine a generation that will say, I will not sin against my God. Again, if you sin, no worries. First John 1, 9, you confess and repent. He is faithful to forgive you of all of our sins. So we're good. We're all covered. First Peter 1, 16 says in the New Testament, be holy. For I am holy, saith the Lord. He did this. I'm going to land right now. So did you? I wish I could illustrate this, but I won't. So, Jason, I can't do it with you because this will double down on the confusion out there. <laughs> so you can't be, yeah. Here, Pastor Ava, this will be the more, but you, you're not this. I mean, you do lust for me on occasion, but come up here anyway. Especially after I come back from the gym and I have the creatine. And 33 years here, ladies and gentlemen. And little life lesson, not that I'm doubling down on this, but there's a purpose behind this. We got married two little virgin kids in an Assembly of God church. And we were so innocent, so help me holy God, that, our, that it, yeah, it took some time. Anyway, back to the point. Three months later, and back to the point here, you're going, all right, here it is. So she's, she's lusting for him, you know, so I went, no, 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 no. But no, no, I'm not lusting for you. You're lusting for me. Come, get the script right. Take two, camera three, wide lens, please. No, 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 yes, yes. So then she, so he has a robe on. This guy's robe, again, a robe. Like, this guy, right? So, so, she, she says, come on. So grab the robe, he, grab the robe, grab it. He runs away without a robe. He ends up once again. This guy's always ending up naked. <sighs> if I were a therapist, I'd go, Joseph, you may be the problem. <laughs> Do you notice everywhere you go, you end up? Right? So, but, so look, he, he, he's, no, no. He's exposed, he runs. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what he did not do. He never, ever, he turned around and said, give me back my robe. Stop. He never went to his brothers when he saw them in the future and said, give me my robe back. No. You know, he never, Joseph never asked for his robe back. In other words, you can keep my robe. I serve the God. I serve the God. And if you take it away, my God will give me a greater robe, a bigger robe. Oh. Stop trying to get back the robe. Run with your dream. Run with your dream. Don't be obsessed with trying to get back what was stolen. Don't be obsessed in life with trying to get back what was taken from you. Joseph never went back for his robe because the God he served always provided something bigger and something better. If you believe you're about to get a bigger and a better role to match up with your greater dream, give him the final praise of today. You, he ran away.
exposed, you may have to lose your dignity in order to preserve your integrity. She couldn't touch his dream. Raise your hands. The God we serve never runs out of robes. The God we serve never runs out of favor, never runs out of dreams. When your dream is greater than your robe, when your dream is protected, and when your dream is the prelude to success, every time they steal your robe, God gives you a bigger one, a brighter one, and a brighter one. If we have any Josephs in the house, give them some praise. If you got this word, raise your hands. That's what happened. It's not even over. Next, next week, we're going to go into Pentecost. I'll be preaching on Pentecost Sunday. I'm going to frame it in context. It's going to be, and then we'll, we're going to continue with this series. I have a dream. Just, I have a vision, a dream for Christians in America and around the world in these last days. I have a dream for the Church of Christ rise up with biblical authority committed to biblical truth but we're not silenced I have a dream for parents I have a dream that parents will protect their children that we don't give our kids over to a screen or even to a public educational system that wants to just confuse them with indoctrination and ideologies that are counterintuitive to faith and science and logic and reason and common sense and math I have a dream for California. I have a dream for America. I have a dream. And sometimes we lose our role, but we never lose our dream. And if we lost that robe, don't go back for it. The God we serve is a God that never runs out of robes. Hey, let's just pray right now. Y'all lift up your hands. Heavenly Father, we come to you like Joseph. We've all have, we've all have experienced some sort of Joseph chapter in our respective lives and our respective narratives. But we come before you with great humility, fully cognizant of the fact that you never run out of robes. Lord, you gave us dreams. Dreams, dreams, dreams to see greater things, to see families saved, communities transformed. Dreams to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly before God. Dreams to fill this world with the truth and the love and the grace of the risen Christ Jesus. Lord, that dream still lives. In the world full of artificial intelligence and chat GPT and open AI and going to the moon and going to Mars and so much, so many divides and discord, in the midst of all of this chaos and melees, the dream lives. So we come to you and we ask you to activate the dream in every person here. Dreams for them, for their children, for their generation, for their communities. Do it now. And if anyone has lost a robe, let this be the year that you place upon them a robe so great, so bright, so brilliant, so big that it will line up with the dream you have placed inside of them. We do it now. And Lord, please surround us with people. <laughs> that won't strip us, but will help make that dream a reality. In the name of Jesus, if you come in agreement with that for you and your children, your community, your state, and your nation, now, no joke, give them the final praise of the day.